podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Home sense. Why is it home sense? The prices make sense. Ooh, outdoor is in. Are those plates melamine? Pretty planters, pillows, lanterns. Pretty much everything outdoor. And the savings. Well, it makes sense to me now. Out save on outdoor. Find a store at homesense.com. This podcast is brought to you by Progressive. Have you tried the Name Your Price tool yet? It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to find a rate that works for you. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive. Get your quote today at Progressive.com and see why four out of five new auto customers recommend Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fatback 480. For today, Monday the 7th of October. This show, of course, is brought to you, as always, by Paddy Power. Paddy Power is a bookies, a website, an app. If you gamble, please gamble responsibly. And if you're going to gamble, look, try it with Paddy Power. All your odds on football, Liverpool, sports, everything else beyond that. Try Paddy Power if if you are going to gamble. And, of course, do so responsibly. This show tonight, um, it's going to be myself and it's going to be Grizz. And we're going to be talking about how big a win that was for Liverpool at the weekend to make it 8 from 8 in the league. We're going to talk about... We want to have a look at Man City, Spurs, Everton and United. And look, we'll see where it takes us. We usually do about 30 minutes. This could go 45, it could go a little bit longer. Grizz said he's available for that amount of time and so am I. So if the comments keep coming in, we will absolutely keep going on it. But Grizz, how are you, my man? I'm good, man. Yeah. Oh, what a time, hey? What a time to be a, a red. How can, how can we not be good? You know, at this, t- uh, this stage, at this time of our lives, it's an amazing feeling. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Have you got Have you got that playing in the background, Grizz? Just going to ask you. Have you got your volume turned down on all your devices? I did, Gav. Oh, okay. great Why stuff. You great stuff. Your alert, but I've, I've got rid of it now, Gav. Good man. You. Thanks, Grizz. Listen, um, first things first, Grizz. Liverpool for me on Saturday, three o'clock. Played played quite well. Dominated Leicester, I think, for about. 80% of that game. Mm-hmm. Um, little bit wasteful in front of goal. Nearly come back to haunt us. But, Grizz, this side just keeps finding the answers and it's an amazing testimony to them. They're making you proud, aren't they? They're making us more and more proud every single week. Every single week, we create... There's sections of the fan base who create, who still create obstacles that might be too much for this team and this team under Jurgen Klopp just keeps hurdling them over and over again it's absolutely sensational Gab there's no other word for it it's it really is um, it's really really disheartening at the same time that you know we haven't won a title in the last season or so we have have to win the league. This team, this coach deserves it. It's it's uh, the way you say the way they solve problems on this pitch. I've never seen a Liverpool in my lifetime um, 
to be sort of as complete. I mean, we've had brilliant attacking teams. We've had brilliant midfields. We've had brilliant defences. This this team has a bit of everything, and it's getting stronger and stronger, which is uh, massive because we literally, I don't personally think, we've come out of second. Maybe a couple of games we've hit third gear. Would you agree? Um, I think in parts of games we've been at full pelt, um, but as an average over the game, I think... I think in around tour gear, I don't think this side has gone over seventy five percent of their of their ability for the whole game. You know what I mean? The, we haven't, man. We haven't. I mean, look, do you know the Leicester game was funny because it wasn't on TV. A lot of people didn't have sort of the you know, and and sort of Saturday midday. Some people maybe working as well, and it's not a televised game, and everyone hears about it. Do you know that all the neutrals hear about? Oh, Liverpool got a lucky dubious penalty in the last minute. It doesn't it doesn't tell the full picture, Gav. Can I give you context? You know what I give context. So Gav, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I'm listening to you. Yeah. So the context of it is we fucking battered them for sixty to seventy minutes, Gav. We literally battered them. I mean, I've watched the game over twice now. And there's no luck involved, you know, in terms of who deserved to win that. I mean, your team Leicester are quite handy, right? All the talk was about Madison and Vardy and, and that Tillemans and, you know, how and Didi, how they've got a very strong midfield and some were even suggesting it's a better midfield than ours. I tell you what, Gav, we fucking totally butchered them for 60 to 70 minutes. They had a good spell from 75 minutes onwards, but that was it. They had five minutes, Grizz, and then when they scored, it looked like... Yeah. I think 75 minutes there, you know, it was like last throw of the dice for them. If we get something, we get something. But, you know, a team a team of, you know, the quality the quality of Leicester, and I think they're a good side. I've said it since since the summer, I think, since Brendan Rodgers took over. I'm very interested in what they do. But as soon as as soon as soon um, they score, you know that they're not going to go and score another one. Other teams might go, you know what, we could get a win here. But they were gone. They were gone, Grizz, you know, and... Like you said, for seventy minutes, they didn't have a shot in the first half, Chris. They didn't yeah, have a shot in the first talking, half. We've got to talk levels. This team of Leicester is third in the league. Talk of the town, you could say. You know, Brendan Rodgers coming back, a young, full of energy. Um, you know, that centre half was impressive. The Turkish guy. I'm not going to pronounce. Try to pronounce yeah, his name. Yeah, you know. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. All right, pass on that. Yeah. So. You know, you gotta you gotta say this team is up and coming, and everyone's talking about how good they're gonna be or under Bridges, and you know how they've got lovely young fast players, and this could be the team that sort of stops Liverpool. We dominated the shit out of them. No one, no no team's gonna ha- go through a game where they're not gonna have a spell, right? Mm. So they're gonna have a spell, and they did have a spell, and they had a good goal. But I don't remember Adrian making that no. many saves. They did. They didn't have a shocker his first half. No. Yeah. You know, and, and they get they get they get the goal. It's a decent goal. It's one of those, you know, and it's 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 one of those where we we don't switch off. It's a good move from Leicester. I think you can you could probably Fabinho gets caught the wrong side. Van Dijk is kind of caught the way go, the way stay. Uh, yeah, I think Lovren, 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 mm. Lovren 
could be could he track him a bit more? I don't know. The keeper, it's 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 true. Him. It's yeah. one of those things. But look, if that's the only mistake you're making in a whole game, you can't turn around and say, "Oh, Liverpool are lucky to win." There was two, you know, and and like you said, it wasn't on television. And like the the media narrative around it was, oh Liverpool a bit of luck there. Yeah. And you know oh, something, Grizz? So. Like somebody has says there, somebody um in in the comments said, you know, um the media narrative they, they don't call it lucky. It's 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 what the media do. Like I watched, I seen Sky, Sky Sports earlier, and um they had a former referee, they had Stephen Warnock, they did a they did a female girl, they did a female there. I think she's probably a former footballer. It's just a clip I seen on on YouTube or Twitter. And basically, the Sky Sports fellas are saying about the penalty. Oh, well, it's not a penalty if you don't go down. No, I, you know? I, I mean, I, 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 it's good we haven't mentioned the penalty because I don't even think it's I don't even think it's that controversial. It really isn't, Gav. Well, there's two talking points in it, Grizz, right? I want, there's three things I want to talk about before we get off the game. The penalty, the tackle on Salah, and how big the win is, right? So, first of all, the penalty, okay? Um, we don't have to go in chronological order or whatever. We, we'll go whatever order we want. So, the penalty, all right? And people are, people are you know, um, throwing comments in here. I'm not ignoring you. I will, I will get to them. Uh, Hit and Frank says, last 38 games, we have 101 points. That's absolutely ridiculous. Chris Brack said, it's a brilliant platform. We've given ourselves 30 games still to go. There's plenty of twists and turns. Uh, too many opposition fans crying it in. Yeah, absolutely. Maverick says, Leicester were getting steamrolled by Liverpool. I was surprised at how dominant Liverpool were. Uh, should have had at least four. I said at the end of the game, it should have been five. Do you know, Mick says he has his tickets booked for the 17th of May um, or his hotel, I think he said. Mick, I'm more or less there with you as well. Uh, Stephen Max says, a female girl, Gav. Yeah, I did actually nearly say a female girl. Um, and I tried to stop myself, Stephen. But look, you're obviously not drinking tonight and you've copped that. Thanks very much. Uh, Mr. Bolognese says, Salah got a pen uh, for, for not going down against Arsenal. Yeah, but oh, I can't... I, the, the penalty itself... If he stays up there, he's not getting it. There's no fucking doubt in my mind. But but Grizz, you you've mentioned it there the penalty. It's clearly a fucking penalty. It's absolutely. There's no absolute. There's no doubt about it. We see it every week, every week, in week in week out. We see, and how many times do we see the pundits, the experts, the pros, the ex-players say the same shit? Except when it comes to Liverpool. And what do they say about decisions like that? They say, listen, if you give the referee a chance to, you know, to give a penalty there by sticking at our leg or making contact, you can't blame the attacker. Why are they suddenly blaming the attacker when it comes to Liverpool? You know, who gives a fuck, Gav? You know, I hate, although so much of our fan base trying to justify it and show angles. Listen, the penalty was given by the online or the on-pitch referee. And then it was checked by VAR, confirmed, we scored, we move on. Yes, he made the most of it. I couldn't give two shits. Why did you kick the back of his ankle? So, yeah. know, so many people saying, so many people saying, was it enough to bring him down? 70% of the challenges are not enough to bring strong, strapping men down with the little kicks and tugs. But they do it. It's absolute part and parcel of the game, except it seems when it comes to Liverpool players. I couldn't give a shit. We move on, man. It was yeah. not duplicate for me. VAR gave it. What's uh, what's lucky for us? I'll tell you what, the only thing lucky about that, Gav. Shall I tell you the only thing lucky? The only thing lucky about that is is the ref giving it on the pitch. 
because that wouldn't have been overturned by VAR. Well, there's a, there's a brilliant one here from Chris Bracken. He says, Chris Kamara makes a brilliant point on the pen. He says, look at all Brighton's reaction as soon as he hears the whistle. He collapses to the floor knowing he's being caught. All right. Um, <clears throat> Stephen Max says, one million percent a pen. Um, and he absolutely loves the fume that's going on. Yeah, that's just an added bonus, really, isn't it, Stephen? Uh, Jono says, Something's, someone is saying there that Salah got a pen against Arsenal for staying on his feet. You can't compare those two. Um, he was having his short pulled. He didn't get his, his leg kicked like Mane. Um, yeah, a hit him. Frank says the issue is going down dramatically, but he has to do it to win the pen. There was contact. That's my point on it. You, you see, the thing is, like, if, if you watch it back, right, and... and some of the angles are hard to see because there's a player actually in front of Mane as it happens. But if you watch it back, it's it's the foot he's standing on. Okay, he, he's trying to get the ball away from Albrighton. I think he's not going to shoot. I think he's going to try square it to somebody that's standing in, in the middle of the in the middle of the box, literally on their own. But when he gets the kick, he he is trying to take the touch with his right foot, but he gets kicked on the left. And it's it's his foot that's you know it's planted in the ground. He's trying to you know Every pull away. Right you know it's but 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 for me and people said to me, oh, if it was against you, you think it's harsh. Well, in the rules of the game, if you're in the box and you have kicked the guy's ankle and you haven't touched the ball, it's a penalty kick. It's as simple as that. And listen, don't get me wrong. In two weeks' time, Van Dijk could kick somebody in the ankle, and I'll be the first one to go. Well, listen, he's kicked him in the ankle. You know what I mean? And the VAR thing, I was like, okay, VAR, VAR is, is VAR happening? VAR is happening. And again, I'm confused as to why is, why is VAR happening? He, he feels that's a, a, a genuine decision. It goes to VAR and they've said, no, that, that's a penalty. They've confirmed it. And it's not a clear and obvious thing. So again, listen, VAR, I just take at this stage or a pinch of salt. Whatever happens, happens. And we just have to get on with it. Um, Sorry, Mr. Bolognese, in, in response to Jono about the Salah thing, he, he, he says, I was referring to your man on Sky who said it isn't a pen if you don't go down, not comparing them at all. Yeah, that's a fair point. I just couldn't believe your man on Sky. And, and Stephen Warnock was like, no, 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 it can be a pen, you know, if you don't go down. But I, I think that the thing about it is, is that Mane, listen, Mane is not stupid. He knows he's being hit. And he also knows if I stay up here and try to play the ball, and it doesn't get to my player. The ref's not going to do anything about it. I have to let him know that this has happened, you know. But look, it's a penalty for me, Grizz. It's a penalty for you. And we'll move on from it. The tackle on Salah, Grizz, um, by Chowdhury. I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly, am I? Spot on, mate. Yeah, yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> none but you ordered. Of course, you're a fucking expert now. <laughs> come here. The, 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 the tackle on Salah, and I'm going to come out and say it. I don't think it's a red card, Grizz. Gav, I thought you are going to go down a different route. And it's always a boring show when we agree on everything. But I'm going to agree with you. Um, every player, nine times out of ten, every player in that situation does the same. Uh, you could say there's different ways of fouling someone in terms of like professional fouling. You could have just sort of rugby tackled him or pulled him back or whatever. You could... Levy that argument. That's the only thing I would say. But nine times out of ten, if your player doesn't do that, you're fucking telling him off. Like Fabinho doesn't stop Madison because he's not on a yellow. Otherwise, there's no way Madison doesn't get chopped if Fabinho's not on a yellow, right? Mm -hmm. So similar situation. Salah's gone through. Your man's got to do that. Otherwise, the rest of the players or the managers and the staff say, are you a fucking... Are you a wuss or something? Why don't you tackle him there? 
Why don't you bring him down there? You've got to do something there. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was, was it reckless? Yeah, slightly. Uh, I don't think it was dangerous. Every tackle is dangerous, isn't it? Uh, you know, and Salah's the kind of player who travels at that, the speed of light. So every tackle is going to be sort of deemed reckless and dangerous unless he wins the ball against him. So, look, the guy got flat. Klopp was mm. sort of angry at the time. Um, I think if Klopp looks, it, looks back on it and probably talks about it in the next press conference, mm. he may have a different view. Um, yeah. but, but listen, I'm not going to overly criticise the guy. I would expect my players to do exactly the same. Yeah, like, you know, John O'Dare is saying Andy Gray's reaction to the tackle on Salah is staggering talk after being, you know, listen, I, me looking at it in real time, I thought it's a yellow card. He's come across him. He's just got caught out. It is an act of desperation. Um, You know, he, he knows if he lets Salah go there, if Salah's probably running straight on, you know, straight at the back four and Liverpool probably have a man over, if not three on three or something along them lines. When they slow it down, even when you slow it down, it looks like, you know what, he's not far off getting them. He's yeah. not massively high. It's just one of those where he, it is a desperation tackle. I don't think it's, I don't think it's intended to, to hurt him, I think he's just. Going, no, I need to. Topic. I need to yeah. reach this. I really need to reach this, or Absolutely. I'm in trouble. You know you what know, I mean? You know when you know when there's a tackle that's going to hurt someone. Yeah, well, like you look at you look at you look at Newcastle yesterday. Uh, McTominay gets a yellow card for a tackle on that young Longstaff guy, the, the the guy that scores the winner, and there's all talk of could it be a red card? And and Gary yeah. Neville, in fairness to him, makes a very good point. He said, "Look, his foot is high. He does go in, but he's pulling away. There's no, you know, he's not driving through him as he as he's going for it. He's given a yellow card. It's a proper decision, but I don't I don't see um." I don't. I, I just didn't think that Chelsea was a yellow card. Like Andy Gray is a fucking disgrace. Like let's be honest about it. Him and Keys are just. You know, it's like they're in their own time warp. You know, and they're they're in their own little bubble and they're just talking complete and utter bollocks. And you know, people people. I think people only watch them just to to mock them at this stage. You know, like he goes on about. I think I think it's Roberto Di Matteo was is with him in studio. I think. And he says, yeah, he says, is that not an endangering a player? And Andy Gray, Andy fucking Gray turns around after what, are we 25 years covering Premier League football, if not more? It's closer to 30 now. And he turns around and he says, well, did Salah not endanger that guy's safety when he, when he, when he pushed when he pushed the Yaman out of the way? And I was like, is this fucking fella for real? But again, that's a media narrative that, that's, that's going on about Liverpool, you know? Um, People, I mentioned the the Fernandinho one yesterday at Wolves. Fernandinho every week gets away with the stuff. It's it's mad how he doesn't them, um, how he doesn't get get penalised more yellow cards or whatever else is is just beyond me. Um, Maverick says the tackle on Salah was a fifty fifty red card. Some would give them, some wouldn't. I'm in the boat that you don't. But Chris, the last thing on air game. Um, how big a win is that? Not only to, to keep this run going, it's now eight wins out of eight in the league. It's seventeen in total if you include the games at the back end of last season. Just to keep it going like that, but also mentally for these players to know that no matter what's being thrown at them, they're finding the answers. It, it has to be massive, Chris. Yeah, I think I think the mentality monsters or giants, whatever the tag is, is just so apt for this team. Honestly, Gav, it really is. There's just no sign of. There's no sign of giving up, Gav. Um, they're just relentless. It's it totally epitomizes the manager's passion and sort of you know drive and 
And then, you know, you could see after a long time, I haven't seen that kind of disappointment in the coach's face when we conceded a goal because he kind of knew we didn't deserve that. The performance we put in and they scored the goal. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, um, a gesture of sort of doubt and I'll oh, fuck it over. It was just kind of, he was kind of actually disappointed for the team. But we just carried on, Gav. We absolutely relentless. We never give up. This team is, it just doesn't seem to amaze you. It's, you know, I think winning the Champions League has has done it huge, massive, massive favours in terms of this positive mindset. It, it you know, we, we find a way of winning, Gav. And, you know, we hate to say it, but the great teams have always found a way of winning. I mean, I grew up in an era where every week I was talking like the rest of the fan base is talking about us now in terms of Man United and, and oh, fuck, how lucky are they to win? And, oh, they didn't even play good. Or, you know, sort of, you know, similar situations where you check up on sort of the, the live score update and, oh, you just knew, you just knew United are going to get a last minute winner. Do you know what I mean? So we've got that kind of feeling running through us. I was chatting to a couple of non-LFC mates and, and they said, look, Chris, sometimes you need to get out of, the bu- out of your bubble that you're in and look at it from our point of view. And because I was saying, oh, shut up about the league titles over and everything. And they were saying, no, no, honestly, we, we don't give a shit if you win it or City win it because we're fairly neutral as a Man United fan and a, and a Chelsea fan, but a, a sensible ones. Like, they don't really favour and an Arsenal fan. And they were saying, you've got this relentlessness about you. It's like, oh, Liverpool are going to win. We're just so, it's, 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 it's machine-like. And, and, the, and the most beautiful thing about it is we're not playing at our peak. I mean, we Liverpool fans that watch our, game, watch our Reds week in, week out, every game can say that you know, without doubt that we're not playing our optimum. So God help everyone else when we do start. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's, I just looked at it and, you know, it was three points. It was a massive three points, but, but to be honest with you, I, I, I start to wonder when Liverpool do this mentally for us, it's massive. You know, we get that three yeah, points but- on the bar, but I'm starting to wonder how much of an effect it's having on others, i.e. Man City. Right, that's what I was going to say. Do you know what I mean? Because, do you remember last season, Grizz, we were always looking at the fixtures, the last, say, 10, 12 games, and we were going, oh, we play before them that week, but we're playing after them the following week. And and it was a real, real mental battle, not only physical and football, but it was a mental, mental battle. You know, if you you played early on the Saturday and they played at three o'clock, or if you you played at three and they played at five, or vice versa, it was a real case of, oh, we've gone two points clear, now they're one point clear. You know, it just kept going and going and going. But when you're doing it to go eight points clear, they're not going into Wolves for argument sake, going, we win this, we're back on top, lads. They're now at the, at this. They're now even at this early early stage. They're at this stage now where they're going. We need to win this, or we're at eight points off this. Do you know what I mean? And how many more mistakes can we afford ourselves before that they get too far ahead? Do you know the kind of way. So that's how big it is for us, but I think more so for others around us. Do you know what it is? Last season, at the end of the last season, many many other clubs fans were saying, "Well, hopefully next season Liverpool will be dragged into the sort of." the group, along with sort of everyone was hoping, or sorry, the respective fans were hoping Chelsea are going to be better, United are going to be better, Arsenal are going to be better, Spurs are going to still be good. We've actually, and you know, City are always going to be good. So a lot of of people's expectations and other clubs' expectations were Liverpool will 
come back to reality, normality, you know, level out a bit. They've had their fun. We've actually maintained that standard that we set. And I think you read out a stat there about the last 38 games and over 100 points. Yeah. That's unheard of, Gav. That's fucking insane. Yeah. That's that's just totally ridiculous. That beats the best ever season in the Premier League, which was Man, uh, Man City's 100 points exactly, was Correct, it? Correct, yeah. So we're talking absolutely unprecedented levels of brilliance. And it still hasn't sunk into, sunk into a lot of us. We're still thinking, ah, tough one. Sheffield United away, ah. Burnley away, oh, this could be tricky. You know, we have I think you've, I think you've, I think you find it's tricky, Grizz, because how do I put this? When Man City go away to Sheffield United later on in the season, all right, I fully expect Sheffield United, depending on where they are, if they're some way comfortable, I think City go out and destroy them, right? And we're still not at the stage, we're probably getting to it, but we're still not at the stage where Man City are, where they literally turn up and teams go, oh, fuck. I'll if, tell you what it is. You know, I'll tell you what it is, Gav. We're at the stage. I'll tell you what it is. The difference at the moment, and I'm not going overboard, and you know me, I've predicted us to come, you know, a close second, and I'm not going to, you know, suddenly start. I don't think you have. All right? But but the point, the point being, right, the difference now, Gav, is, right, Man City only know one way of winning, and that way is to just blitz teams two, three, fours. Right. Now, now yeah, that's that's an excellent point because I think we're the team in the league that can win multiple different ways. I'm not right. too sure. Now, listen, I'm not. People will accuse me here of getting ahead of myself, and I oh, are writing off City. I'm not for one fucking second writing off City because City could come out and decide to blitz teams for the next twenty games no, and win nineteen win. of them. You know yeah, that kind of way. Win. No, they can win twenty games in a row. They've done it before. But near enough. when they're being they asked, be when they're being asked questions in a slightly different way and a slightly different game, Grizz, they're coming up that little bit short. Now, having said that, Laporte being missing, Fernandinho being missing out midfield, although he's playing centre half. John Stones being missing, and your left for uh, Mendy does not help. But I think this Liverpool side at the moment is the team in the league where. Put whatever you want up against us and we'll find a way. If we can't blitz you, we'll play a, a tight game against you. If we can't you know, do A, we'll do B and C. You know that kind of way? I actually think if you ask other managers, they'll probably say and admit we're the most horriblest team to play against. Yeah. And, you know, they may say, oh, City might just blitz us 4-5, and but, you know, they won't hurt us in terms of bully us physically and just... They'll play around us and, yeah, whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll give the game to We're actually, but, you know, City, we'll have a chance against them, this and that. We'll have a bit of play. We've got, you know, just like the Wolves, just like the Norwich, you know, totally deserved. I mean, Wolves totally deserved that. That wasn't a fluke. And that's what's giving me hope. That wasn't a fluke. Wolves were the better team. And that's amazing to say that. We're horrible. We don't give you an inch. We don't give you any space. Going back to the Leicester City game, so much rubbish I heard from certain players, certain people about their midfield being better than ours. Do you know, we just didn't let them breathe. We strangled the life out of them. And that's what we do. And the reason we score so many late goals is because we're monsters fitness-wise as well. We tire the shit out of you. You chase, you're, you're keeping up, you're running, you're, you're, you're expending, expanding so much energy and you're sp- and you're spending so much distance and time chasing us and keeping us at bay at our front lads that come 70th minute onwards 
you're fucking knackered. And that's what we do. We Then that's when we kind of take over. So it's not a fluke, these late goals. We're actually, you know, we find ways of winning, Gav. We can, we can, we can do the Man City blitz. We can. We've done, we've done that plenty of times where it's two, three, nil up, game over. But we can also grind it out like the Sheffield United game, you know, where we stay in there, we stay in there, we match your passion, we match your energy, we match your strength, and that's what teams. It's like, whoa, this is not the Liverpool that we're used to. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was the, it, you know, we were used to. All right, we're going to play Liverpool. They might have a few attacks, but then we bully them. We get set pieces. We crowd the area. We crowd the air. We crowd the keeper. And Bob's your uncle. There's always going to be a chance here and there for us. Fuck off now, mate. Yeah. We're looking to get in your area. When we, when you can see the set piece, you're in the shits now. And we're going to control our set pieces. Touch wood. Listen, I'm not going overboard. I might sound overboard, but it is what it is. It's a time to glorify this team as much as we can because listen this is what it's about gav we never we 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 may not ever see this sort of patch ever again you know it's like 100 points in 38 games and a champions league to cherry on top Fuck, you know come on yeah. if there's still people criticizing and moaning us from our own fan base I say fuck them. No, do you know what? Does does it does it? I'm not saying there's negativity, but you know, but but I think it was Maverick says there. You know, too early to get ahead of ourselves. I I fu- I fully agree with that. You know, with, with regards yeah. to the league, because just what you're up against. You know, um, it's a fantastic side you're up against. Um, for me, they they've they've torn football upside down in, the, in in England because of literally they're being backed by a sovereign nation you know what I mean so it's it's one of those you know Chris Brack says City don't really have a plan B mainly because the plan A works 99% of the time but it's, start, it's starting to go a bit off that Mick says after getting 97 points last season losing one game and losing one game he's finally relaxed in the position we're in that's a great point because I think if we didn't do 97 last season and we're 8 points clear now you'd be kind of going ah when does it all when does that bubble burst but people are getting a little bit more settled in it and that'll help that'll help the, the, the players and managers and especially if you're in the ground you know the kind of way you're, there's no panic there people are getting comfortable in their own skins with, with regards to what Liverpool um, with regards to what Liverpool have do, are doing you know uh, Stephen Mack asks has Andy Young started the choo-choo train because I, I'm already on board um, I'll check with Andy um, I'm not too sure when he starts that train but if anyone's going to start it it will definitely be Andy uh, Chris Brack says it wasn't long ago we had the likes of Alan Balotelli Barini being regulars for us yeah, it's just some change around in Liverpool Jono says he would take Madison in the summer I I Madison I think he will be a Liverpool player nah I think he not will not for me either I don't think I don't, I don't think I don't think he gets into our team I don't think I think we're waiting for our man Naby Keita you're telling me he has a head of Naby Keita? Naby Keita finds form. Uh, sorry, he'll find form. He just needs to find fitness, consistent run of fitness. Naby Keita will be, I'm telling you, one and a half times the play uh, Madison is. Um, look, he scored the goal. He was tired. He got, you know, personally, I thought Adrian should have saved that, right? He scored the goal, but was he anywhere else on that pitch? No, he wasn't. He was smothered. That's the kind of midfield. That's the kind of midfield clock. Klopp employs in these kind of games where he thinks the other midfield may have an edge, and 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 it, and and we didn't we didn't go into the tactics too much, and you know we we put, you know I'm not going to go back into tactics too much, but I thought it was a master plan from uh, 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 Klopp the way he used Bobby and and Mane as two number tens, which totally cut off also not as an attacking force, we helped us as an attacking force, but totally cut off their supply lines, their passing lanes into Madison and uh, Tillemans. So, you know, I thought it was a tactical master plan from Klopp. 
your boy Madison, talented player, but I think he's playing at his level. You know, um, medium to good team in the Premiership. I think that's his level. I think we're aiming much higher and far. Uh, you know, another level to Madison for me. I just have a, a feeling on him. I am. Um, I'll have to wait and see. Mick says he's overrated. Phil has just Phil has come onto the chat and has just gone absolutely rasher with his uh, with his comments. But I, I can't keep up with them. Um, Chris Brack says he was lucky to be at the game. He's really annoyed with the section of fans leaving on 90 minutes. Why bother going um, if you're not going to stay until the end? Um, yeah, that's a fair point. Klopp's made that before. And listen, it might make people think again. Um, it, it really might make us make him think again when you see what happened there on 95. Um, let me see. Uh, what? Yeah, so I wanted to have a look at the other clubs, right? We've kind of touched on City, so I'll leave them alone for the moment. You know, we've, we've spoken about them, what they are, frailties they have you know a couple of players out different bits we know where they are but over the weekend Grizz we, we, the title of this show was what a weekend that was you know what it's I'll tell you what I'm going to start I'm going to start with Spurs right Grizz what's your opinion on Spurs as of this season because I've I've listened to a couple of different shows a couple of different podcasts and, and the, 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 the point seems to be coming out a lot of them is Look at Liverpool when they lost the Champions League. They regathered, they went and they they won a Champions League the following season. They put ninety seven points on the board. It galvanised them. They, you know, if they lose the league on the final day, but still go and win that win that cup. They don't rest on the laurels, and they're now eight from eight. Spores are a fucking shambles to me, Chris. A shambles. Do you think they can recover from this, or do you think it will come to the stage where Pochettino has to leave the club? Oh, it's, it's 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 the wheels have come off, Kev. And I said it at the start of the season as well. I said Spurs will struggle. Um, Pochettino, I'm a big firm believer, and I think I think Klopp said it as well a couple of times. Or I don't know, someone from our club said it. One of the some of the well, some of the hierarchy, some of the hierarchy. You just don't keep at that level, Kev. And we're talking Spurs reach the Champions League final. And so they finished third, was it? And they finished they finished second recently as well. And they, they finished fourth, I think, in the end. All right. Well, they finished top four regularly, and they've been to the Champions League final. Now, when you're playing at that level, Gav, every percent counts. And if there's certain players, I'm not talking certain. I'm talking your top boys like Eriksen, Vertonghen, Alderweireld, Danny Rose. If these players have got doubts in their mind whether they want to be there or not, you can't have that. You just can't have that. We are the shining example of everyone wanting to be there with full concentration, with full, full loyalty, you know, we and, and, and working as a team. Now, all summer we heard, is Rose going? Is Pochettino going? Is Ericsson? You know, there was rumours until the last, last minute. You can't have that, Gav. You can't have five, four, five of your mainstay, the spine of your team, having doubts about your club, whether they want to go on, whether they want to go forward. And some of them even being priced out of a move like Ericsson. You know, they put on a ridiculous figure on his head, like 100 million. No one's going to pay 100 million for him. So, you know, these kind of players take, to, you know, take time to recover. Some don't recover. They will get better. I rate Pochettino. He's a top coach. But again... It seems like they're not playing for him, Gav. Do you know what? Now, can I can I can I put a can I put a theory to you? Um, and it's just one I've built up myself by watching sports, how they're playing. The more so the way Pochettino 
has been in press conferences and little things he said, right? So he comes out last season and he said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he would feel that if he won that Champions League with sports, he would he would leave. You know that would be his job done at sports, and he would go. He would, he would go. Okay. It comes it comes around to this season, all right. He starts talking about the conditions conditions. Uh, his players are in the conditions he's walking in, but you know it keeps going on and on and on. I think it is stale. I I get the impression a couple of players were sold over his or bought um, over his head. I I genuinely believe that, and I I think now he has a squad that some that he doesn't want, and the players that he does want there are starting to lose faith in them very very quickly. I'm hundred percent certain there's players there that he didn't want. Either in like sort of incomings or the ones that have stayed and he didn't want at the club, but they weren't sold. And the reason why they weren't sold, I'm fully, fully adamant, and I'm sure that chairman didn't want to spend the money that would be needed to replace them. It's simple as Gav. That chairman has a history. I mean, they have probably got the best stadium in the country. You know, I, I, I think I've told you before, I've had a stadium tour of that. It's insane. But their team is rapidly on the decline. And there's absolutely no doubt Pochettino's gone. It's just a matter of when. It literally is just a matter of when. It's, it's, you know, it's definitely at the end of the season, but I think it could be before that as well, Gav. That could all depend, Grizz, on maybe the situation at Man United, maybe the situation at Real Madrid. Um, but I don't think... Uh, do sports sack him? You know, somebody there says no uh, chance. Yeah, they, they won't. Sack they him. won't sack him because there's, there's thirty. Uh, there's thirty million of a payoff. Yeah, there yeah, no chance. Uh, Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's it's one of those. But to me, they just look like against Bayern Munich in the second half. They were a disgrace. They really were. They were all over the place, and you know, and the thing for me, like Kieran Trippier leaving the club, you know, and they done nothing to replace him. And not only that, they have a young lad, um, isn't it Walker Phillips or is it Walker? Yeah, Walker Peters. Yeah. Walker Peters, sorry. Um, you know, it's it's one of those, sorry, Mick just says losing Trippier has made a fall apart. That was a really, really um, strange thing for me because they they, they clearly, they, they let him go, all right? Then you get 20, 21 million or whatever it is. They have this Walker Peters guy who's really, really young and really raw. They have REA that they're trying to get rid of, you know, um, and and they don't, and they never replace that fullback. And at the same time, they're signing Lacelso, and they're signing Endombele, and they're signing um, Sessegnon and things like that. It just seemed like a summer that just made no sense. Well, it brings you back to the summer when they when they sort of, I mean, they've had a disaster in this in the window, haven't they, Gav? I mean, in the in the in, every time they've spent majorly, they've fucking flopped, haven't they? Do you remember the Gareth Bale money and the big hoo ha about that? You know, they didn't sort of that was a time where they would have cashed in and sort of solidified their squad, whatever. I just think Spurs fans have been, you know, I think they've got carried away. I think Pochettino was the best thing that's ever happened to them. I really rate the guy, Gav. I, I know he hasn't won anything. And, you know, the bottle tag is probably the most, you know, perfectly apt for this Spurs team. But I do, I do think. You know, he's come to his end of his tether. I just don't think he wants to be there 100%. I've, I've always been convinced, you know, they, they've done everything they could just to force him to stay there and to some of the players as well. 
and it shows in their performances, Gav. They have been so lethargic and tired. And you've got to remember, we talk about high energy and pressing. This Spurs team, a mate of mine was telling me, this Spurs team is the same, near enough same team that was on top, on top of the pressing stats, you know, two seasons ago. You know, running distance covered, pressing stats. And apparently he was telling me they're like sort of 16th now in the Premier League. I mean, that's a, that's some decline. Do you know what I mean? And that's just on sheer effort and guts. And that's when you know something's not right. Yeah, no, it, it absolutely is. And, and you know, like the, the, the one against Bayern Munich where they try to do a high press, but they're not doing a high press. They're moving high up the pitch, but no intensity. And Bayern just go bang, bang, bang. And next thing... You know, he's in on goal at Nabry and, and he, he sticks it away. But uh, if I was a sports fan, I'd be extremely worried. I think they're t- they might be is it 11 points off the top of the league or 12 points off the top of the league now. You know, somebody did say earlier, though, look at Arsenal. They're bang average and they're a point behind City. Yeah, City have dropped off a level. Arsenal have probably stayed around the level. And I think we'll make... I think they'll make top four Arsenal, but I still think Leicester will do it as well. Um, just moving on, Grizz, um, two other clubs I want to speak about, the first one being Everton. Um, bottom In the bottom three, because thanks to Newcastle's win over United, and I have an Everton fan, hopefully, I, more, I'm more i 90% sure I have an Everton fan on, on with me on Wednesday night. He's a really sound fella, and when I when I, when I I confirm that, um, I'll announce it to you, but he's, he's one of the soundest Everton fans on social media, in my opinion. But just talking on the is there's talk now that this manager's under pressure at Everton and they just keep doing the same thing they keep allowing fellas to spend a lot of money bring in a lot of players it doesn't work they sell them off and now if for argument's sake if they sacked Marco Silva tomorrow and brought in I don't know name a man I've I seen a poll where I think it's Mourinho or Simeone they want they're absolutely fucking oh. dreaming but <laughs> but if they, it doesn't matter who they bring in Grizz you're going to end up with a guy that's coming into a squad looking for a hell of a load of money because he's left with the makings of a squad that's being put together by five different managers do you know what I'm going to confess even I was sucked in by their players that they've bought and I thought, I thought, you know, they may have a decent... I don't think they're going to get into Europe or or the top six or anything, but I thought, you know, I thought the players they brought in, I thought they may finish sort of mid-table, do you know what I mean? Like 8th to 10th or 12th, something like that. I just, at the moment, they look shambolic, don't they, Gav? They put up an effort against City, I have to admit, have to confess, but you know, looking back, maybe that was a freak result with City getting beaten by Norwich and Wolves. <laughs> maybe Everton should have beaten them. Do you know what I mean? So, look, I'm not going to comment too much on Everton because I don't watch them. It's simple as I hate watching them. I'm intrigued I'm by not, them. I, I'm not. I'm one of these people. Honestly, they've become so irrelevant. Uh, the only time they become relevant is when we're playing them and when, you know, we're about to play them and I'm just thinking, oh, fuck's sake, get them out of the way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I have no desire to look at the results. I'm sorry if this doesn't go according to what you think. You're gonna, I'm going to give you some insight into Everton. Honestly, I don't have no desire to watch them. I don't have no interest in them. I couldn't give a bollocks. I don't pick none of their players for my FPL. You know, as simple as. Mm. They're, they're a non-entity. And as you said, you know, they sack their manager, they bring a new manager, whole heap of money and players. Yes, we won the transfer window and they're bollocks again. Do you know what I mean? It's a it's a it's a merry go round with not much merry there. Yeah, no, it really is like and and for me it's 
you know, they have this Marcel Brands guy in, and I will speak with the Everton fan on Wednesday. You know, he's due to come in to me or, and, and talk to me and stuff like that. So it's it's one of those where I really Good want to get into it. Yeah. So it's Wednesday night will be the night to talk about Everton. And trust me, he's not an Everton fan that's going to come on and defend Everton and, and Marco Silva and uh, Michelle. Is it Michelle Brands or Marcel Brands? Sorry. Awesome, uh, they're, they're, same, um, difference. same difference. Um, yeah. He's not one of those. He's extremely... Um, straight down the line when it comes to Everton so look forward to that on Wednesday night um, <clears throat> the last one is Manchester United and it's our next game there's been I've left them deliberately to last because a lot of people have asked what's your thoughts on the game in two weeks time um, you know stuff like that how do you think we get on will Ole Gullar Solskjaer be in charge United or this United or that I'm going to start off Grizz by saying and I continue to say it I know you're going to say this oh, I'm I'm, I'm confident in any Liverpool so or in this Liverpool side beating anyone but I always have something in the back of my head where I, where I always tell myself I've seen some awful Liverpool sides beat some really good Liverpool side, United sides sorry um, especially through the, the early early mid 90s um, but just on United themselves if Spurs are a shambles this this is carnage now at this stage carnage is, is the think, only I word think, I can think of yeah yeah brilliant word honestly I mean, now we're talking Gav because Everton is just you know haha it's irrelevant but what's happening at United right it's relevant and I'll tell you why it's relevant is because they were the ones that knocked us off our perch and made such a hoo-ha about it and how the tables have turned and how the tide has turned because it's carnage there Gav they have got the worst Manager in Cardiff's history, managing them, Gav. Mm. I seen a great, I seen a great one today. I seen a great one today. That mould that he used to manage. Um, I think they can win the league at the weekend. Um, if they win, and it would be the first title since uh, Solchar left to go and take charge of Cardiff. Look, I would love to talk about Man United, and I would have loved even more to talk about Man United after the Liverpool game. Mm -hmm. Because that's the only thing that bugs me, Gav. Because we have seen in the past, when we were the top dogs, Man United always used to turn up for us. And vice versa. When Man United were the top dogs, we used to always turn up for them. Do you remember? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Rafa Benitez days. Yeah. Yeah. So this kind of shit happens. There is no explanation. There is no football knowledge logic you can't explain when a shit team like man united stops us from winning like last season you know we'll say it again and again and again if we turn up and play at 80% of our best we win comfortably but, but football is an amazing game gav where there's a there's there's mysterious ways of leveling up things happen yeah absolutely like and, and it, it, there's, no, there's no way there's no way they beat us but you know shit happens gav and i don't really want to i don't want to go to town on them yet gav do you know what i mean mm. I'd no i'm not to listen i'm not gonna go if, if you're going to town them you'd be saying you'd be saying what Stephen mack is saying he's saying that we're gonna bash them we're gonna bash them and that we're gonna bash oh, them at their own gaff um he reckons we're going there and we're absolutely going to upend them. Um, it doesn't happen. Mick, it just doesn't happen. Mick says we didn't handle the pressure at Old Trafford last year. It's one of the few things we need to address. Mick, I couldn't agree with you more because for me, 
there's three th- there's there's a couple of things I'm watching for this season out of Liverpool. I want and one of them happened on Saturday where we beat Leicester at home and put that little kind of not so much a hoodoo, but just something that happened last season where we should have won and didn't. It's going to Manchester United when they had to make three subs in the first half, you know, and we should have beaten them and we didn't. And the Torin is West Ham away. Um, the Everton things will take care of themselves, they always do. But yeah. you know, people are saying there, um, the last time we had Milner right back and that killed us going to Old Trafford. Well, I was going to come to that, Gav. Yeah, come on. Look, every morning we have this conversation in our groups, don't we? Mm-hmm. In our WhatsApp about, right, you know, are we going to do it? Well, once w- when we're not talking about Uber, yeah, go on. Is, is this, or pyramids. Yeah. But, 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 <laughs> yeah. but, but the situation is, Gav, right? Mm. We made a mistake last season against Leicester where we drew at home. We've rectified that mistake. Chelsea away, we drew. We've made, we've rectified that by beating them away. We've bettered every result from last season already. The litmus test, Gav, for this team, and what's going to make me change my mind, right, from making us favourites, is going to be your attitude and our team selection for the Man United game, the next mm-hmm. game. Because as you said, and was it Mick that said, we didn't handle the pressure, Mick, yeah. including Jurgen Klopp. Mm-hmm. I thought Jurgen Klopp didn't handle the pressure against Man United. Everything he's done so far since those couple of games has shown me he's improved and he's learned every time. Every every team he's played against, he's learned about them and how to and how to combat them. The litmus test will be his team selection, his tactics, and the attitude that we show against Man United. Yeah. If we turn up and show a different attitude and our play our game. As, as opposed to sort of try to stop them. There's nothing to fucking stop, Gav. We need to go and play our game. This will be the litmus test for us. I firmly believe that. I, I've said it. If we go and win at Old Trafford, I think we beat Spurs and I think we beat Villa. And I think we go into the Man City game and we're 11 from 11. Um, I genuinely believe yeah. that. And I think if we go in there 11 from 11... Gav, I can't do this, Gav. Fucking hell. Look feels, out, look out just, in the last two months of last season. Mate, He's carrying on, Gav. I'm we're telling you. Die like this, Gav. If we, uh, if, listen, I'll happily die in May if it means yeah. that we go and do yeah, this. Um, I'm, I'm like that. Um, Same. But uh, Maverick says these, this Liverpool are Champions League winners this time around, and we will show it against United. Look, we'll def- we'll get into it more in depth about the United game as we approach it um, next week. There is a, obviously is the, the the international break, so we're going to mix it up a little bit on this show over the next two weeks. Um, I'll try to do different bits and pieces, and you know get a few people in to talk about different things. I.e. Everton on Wednesday night. But um, just going back to just for putting the game to one side for the moment because. Grizz, but just the last thing on United, how has that squad become, as somebody says there, so thin and so lacking in quality? And by looks of it, lacking in hard work, lacking in organisation, you know, lacking in creativity. They're, they're hanging their hopes on, on a, a young winger that played at Swansea last season. They're hanging their hopes on Rashford, who I think is a great player. Uh, not a great player, but I think he's a, he's a really, really good player. But they're hanging their hat on him, and I don't think he's ever scored ten, more than 10 league goals. How have they ended up like this, Chris? I couldn't I begin to sort of care how they've ended up. I love it that they've ended up like this. And the amazing thing, Gav, about it, right, is they've seen the mistakes we made in the last 15 years, 20 years. And they have learned fuck all and they're making the same effing mistakes. And we love it and it's brilliant. Every decision 
this Woodward has made has been an awful decision. Recruitment, manager-wise, it's backfiring on them badly and madly. Jose knew all this. You know, Jose smiled all the way out of that club. That smirk on Jose Mourinho's face told you everything. And he's intimated in, in sort of shows that he's done punditry that there is major issues at that club. Roy Keane's rants tell you everything. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that because Roy Keane. Uh, You're gonna say bitter. Uh, no, he's not bitter. I. I just think Roy Keane is getting to the stage where nobody is going to touch him for a manager's job. I think he's starting to realise that, and he's starting to be a little bit. How do I put this? A little bit sensationalist. OTT. Yeah, OTT. Oh, but I think. But I agree with him, Gav. I think most I don't. of the stuff he says about Man United is true. I don't agree with his general football philosophy and his and his outlook on football and other clubs. But when it comes to Man United, it makes sense, Gav, to me. It resonates with me. Yeah. What he's saying about the players' attitudes and their rubbish mentality is absolutely the opposite of Liverpool in terms of mentality and effort and desire and unity and passion. Their best player is not sort of the Harry Maguire and one percent. Their best player at the moment is some unknown McTominay kid in midfield. I was chatting to a Man United fan of my a friend of mine today, and he was saying he's Chris is literally carrying this team, and he's a nineteen-year-old sort of just a warhorse. You know, he's a he's a he's a Darren Fletcher on steroids. Yeah, that's what he is, and 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 this is the heartbeat of Man United at the moment. He's saying, and what a what a time to be alive. You know, as you said, they're, they're relying on a. A young winger they bought from Swansea to be their Konchelskis. Yeah, you know no, what it's, I mean. It's it's, it's just mad. It's, it's it is mad to watch. I know I know plenty of United fans, and and to be honest with you, that it might surprise you, but a lot of them are just very very honest about it, and they they say, look, and the the big thing they always come out to me is on the pitch is not good enough. The manager, the appointment of of Soldier was not good enough. They they they. They went for the romantic option after they had a good couple of months and they shouldn't have because the original, and, and this is what United fans tell me, the original thought was that Solskjaer will come in, steady the ship, watch things unfold for six months or whatever it would be and then he would hand a report to United and to a possible new manager and say, this is what I've found over six months dealing with player A, B, C all the way down to X. And it didn't happen. They went for the romantic side of it. And as soon as I seen it happen, I thought, these are doing what we done with Daglish. You know? And, and all right, Daglish got us through a season. And the following season, yeah, okay, he gets the two cup finals, but the football wasn't good. You know what I mean? You have to be a businessman at the end of the day. You have to be forward thinking and see a bigger picture. You know, romanticism will only get you so far. You know, Mick says there, Gary Neville said, every bad boy you make, you pay for it. It's a great point. That's, you know, I agree with that. It's just, it's just one of those things where I look at them and I just think, I don't know what direction they're trying to go in. And as a lot of United fans say to me, it doesn't matter who you get on the sideline and it doesn't matter who's on the pitch because above all that is a total mess you know people are, are who's doing this job who's doing that job what strategy have they got it's complete another mess and you know what the problem is they they when they start four start faltering they see in city and they probably thought city will go off and dominate this and nobody will touch city you know, and we'll have to just aspire to one club, and if we can get close to them, we'll be fine. But now they're looking around them and they're saying, "Fucking hell, Liverpool are doing the same now." We have to aspire to two, and I genuinely believe that United, amongst other clubs, are starting to panic very fucking early in this season. Chris, genuinely panic. They're in a spin. 
who who do we play? What what happens if we don't win? That you know, people that thought they were nailed on for top four, and they're looking around now, and you the likes of West Ham, the likes of Leicester, you know, they're all up your ass, and and your Crystal Palace are fifth in the league, you know, the kind of way. So I'm mad. It, Kev, do you know what it is? We all love look. We 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 love a conspiracy theory, don't we? And the conspiracy theory amongst Man United fans, right, is. Ole Gunnar has been given this role and it's a role to to get rid of all the dead wood because they're saying no big manager would like to get, would do that, you know, sort of, you know, the, the, room, the conspiracy theory is Ole Gunnar is getting rid of all the dead wood and a big name manager will come at the end of the or start of next season. It's a far-fetched one. He has got rid of a lot of dead wood and then the new manager will be given all the funds that they've not spent. Yeah, but, so you've got to but remember, Chris, they haven't Chris, spent any Chris, money. Yeah, but Chris, hold on a minute. It, you can get rid of as many players as you want, right? But when the people upstairs aren't doing their job properly, you can walk oh, in. You, you know, like it'd be like it'd be like me. It'd be like you saying to me, Gav, listen, I'm getting rid of three guys that work for me, and I'm going to bring you in, right? And you're going to do the work of them three men because you're better than all of them, right? But then I get in and I find out that Chris, you're actually a prick to work for. Do you know what I mean? And then it, it doesn't matter what you've done for me beforehand. You're an arsehole. And now I have to come in there and go, how am I meant to do all this? And not only is he he's making me do the work of, of three men, I now have to deal with him. And he's no, nowhere nowhere good enough to deal with. You know, it's it's all over the place. And long may I but I, should, I tell you, should I tell you the best part of it? We, we are not hearing or seeing anything of their owners, which just shows you there is absolutely no care in the world for them it's pure pure business they've left everything to woodward or edward what's his wherever his name is edward wood edward and, Woodward and Fleetwood. and he's so out of his depth it's mad he's an absolute mongol gav he's a mongoose he's not a mongol he's a mongoose and you can see on his face he has no idea where to start from gav that's the kind of mess he's in does he sack the manager does he fucking resign himself because you've got to remember, as you said, it doesn't matter who they change downstairs. The whole network is crumbling and it's beautiful to see. Yeah. You know what? And and you look at the approaches. Like some Maverick says there, they only got Jose because they thought they could buy success uh, by, 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 with money, you know, that kind of way. And you see, that's where they're snookered because, you know, they had Moyes, they brought in Van Hal, you know, the, the master tactician didn't work. But they bring in uh, Mourinho, proven winner, but will want money. And they fell out because he wanted to buy 20, 29, 30, 31-year-old players for mad money. Didn't happen. They go the romantic route with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But then double double down on it by saying, oh, you done really well there, Ole. Um, here's a three-year deal. Yeah. Um and, I'll tell you. you know, it's 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 <laughs> one of the worst football decisions in history. Well, it's not even one that. Of the worst football decisions. It's um, it's 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 one of those things where the direction just seems off. They're not all pulling together. And look, as I said, long may I continue. Liverpool versus everybody says Grizz, you still owe me an appearance on my channel. Grizz, you owe that guy an appearance on his channel. Um, you can sort Who? that out. Um, Who said that? Sorry. Liverpool versus everybody on YouTube. So um, okay. Dave's LFC chat says hi Reds Dave there's the man Dave uh, he got his ticket at the weekend I believe oh nice I one. love Dave yeah love we, Dave, we, like we're Dave. big fans of Dave um, 
let me see what else what else Maverick says United would be lucky to be in the top six if they don't get a striker in January uh, Stephen Max says in capitals as always what a beautiful time to be alive and be an LFC fan absolutely oh it's amazing but Gav. look Honestly, what, what, I ride my bike in my living room every day since <laughs> are, you, are, we go, are we going into this bike yeah why are you laughing? <laughs> I've, sent you, I've sent you a picture of it. You yeah, you've never... Uh, listen, I can fucking get you a picture of it. I can get you a picture of Everest and say I I, uh, I climbed that. It doesn't mean I haven't... <laughs> Sorry, just quickly. Chan LFC says the Senegal match on Friday the 18th. Is this a game going to be played two days before the United match? Um, I did see that, but I heard on the Anfield rap today that they play Brazil and Singapore, which is fine. It's, it's the middle of this week, I think, whenever they play them. Yeah. Um, or the middle of next week, whatever it is. But the game on the 18th is, is it's like a African Nations no, Championship game and yeah, only no, people from Senegal, that, only Mane people that play in the Senegal division will play that game. That's so Mane right, will yeah. not be playing that. I just wanted to... Chan did ask that earlier and I com- I'm glad he asked it again because that no, Mane won't be playing in that one. Um, but yeah, going back to it, um, this bike that you have, tell us about it. We, no, might, we might as well do this. Come on, we have two or three minutes of this. I don't like it when you laugh before I finish the sentence. <laughs> I, la- I laugh before you finish most sentences. <laughs> no, no, Gav. We, we'll talk about it another time. We haven't got time. Look at the time now. All right, well, we need to get back to our WhatsApp group because that is a complete neutral asylum. If <laughs> anyone wants to know what sort of stuff we talk about, we spent um, about the good to three hours one morning last week discussing the best type of house to build Um in where you in know an in, in an emergency <laughs> and where there might be a storm and and stuff like that three hours this went on for and, and it was all um it was all completely serious um look that's the fatback for our daily we've done an hour tonight and um, we knew we would go an hour tonight we don't usually but when me and Grace get talking no, I it's, get it, it's very very hard to stop us um it's been great the comments have been great um people's opinions have been brilliant um Last question, Grizz. Your favourite female TV presenter? Oh, come on. You know that. Do I? Yeah, everyone. If anybody doesn't know that by now, come on. Your Gavin Vorderman. You're fucking Carol Vorderman. Oh, no. That, that's a crush. No, I'm talking about who do you find? You, you're mad into Carol Vorderman. That story will live with me forever, by the way. Oh, I think she's brilliant uh, as well. I think uh, she's brilliant. Um, oh, what, now? I don't know. No, no, no. Look, I think, I think the person that actually asked us said, your favourite uh, female football presenter. So have you got one? All right, what's her name, innit? Um, what's her name, innit? I don't know her first name. Dalglish is her surname. Kelly Cates. There you go. Yeah, Dalglish is her surname. Kelly Cates. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is another one, no? Yeah, that's, that's all. That's all. Yeah, yeah. She's the clear nutter winner. Um, is it? Is it's it? Definitely not the one that done the, you know, the recent FIFA awards. Oh Did yes. You see that mad woman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely not her. Yeah, no, the the FIFA awards are sort of melt, aren't they? No, that was fucking carnage. That was like a Man United training session, mate. Fuck that. Yeah. But so no, that, that Kelly Dalglish, wasn't it? Isn't it Kelly Dalglish? It, it's Kelly Cates is her name now, yeah. When did she change it? When she got married. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Either that or she's in witness protection and she's just hanging around <laughs> Premier League games. But look, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hiding in plain sight. Listen, whatever here, that's enough. Uh, Kelly Cates, Red Army, rocks on. Eight out of eight. It's the international break, but look, we'll, uh, we'll find things to fill our nights, I promise. Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.